This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. But yeah, all right. no, Riverside's good. Welcome, family. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Hero Academy podcast. I am happy to have my friend, Fireman Rob, joining us for this week's episode of the Hero Academy podcast. If you are a frontline hero, police officer, fireman, EMS, medical, or military, then you are in the right place, and this show is for you. Looks like I was freezing a little bit. Rob, thank you for joining me. Oh, it's so good to be on here. I'm excited to have a good conversation. Yeah, me too, man. So Rob is a fireman, a speaker, a uh, author... Uh, a coach, uh, wild man runner. <laughs> Let's start All off with your career. Of Let's start off with your career. Uh, tell us, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I've I've worked for the city of Madison, Wisconsin, for since uh, 2000. Um, I've been a fireman there for. Haven't really changed anything. I've uh, been on the rapid intervention team. I've been on the heavy urban search and recovery team. Um, hazmat team. I've been on pretty much all the specialty teams that you can be on, um, as well as being now an old veteran guy uh, that's on the team. Um, but loved it. It's a dynamic job. I got in it when I was really, really young. Uh, my career has been kind of not a linear path, and that's, I think, a lot of people can really associate with that. I uh, performed search and recovery at 9-11. Um, I went out there with a rescue team that I was a part of. And I've also been in the military as a, uh, in the United States Air Force as a medic. So a lot of different things. And uh, thank you. Thank you for your short service. Amount of time. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. In, in, in all of those capacities, thank you for your service. That's that's incredible, man. You've been a true, true, true servant for a long time. So when you say young, how old were you when you got on? I was 21 when I got on. So I've 21. been yeah, so I'm in my 40s, and I've still got a, you know, we were talking about this, about six, seven years left in my uh, tank to be able to do this. <laughs> all right, all right. So you said it's a pretty dynamic job. I was telling you before when I was on your podcast, which is yeah. pretty, I, I just got to bring up the name, by by the way. It's the name of the book, and it's also, it's called Forged in the Fires, right? 
Yes, Did sir. I get it right? You got it All exactly right. right. Yeah. Whenever I hear people's... I always have a little pang of jealousy because, like, some people... <laughs> Like one guy has uh, behind the shield, and I'm like, man, you know exactly what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I know it. <laughs> I'm like, man, I should have chose a different name, but now I'm sticking with the Hero Academy because uh, I, I love it. It's yeah, so whatever. true, though. It's good. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so forged in the fires. So back to the job. You say you're saying it's very dynamic, and I was saying yeah. on your podcast, there's so many different areas that that people just don't realize that firemen do so much. They, and and people think that it's just, you know, responding to house fires and putting out house fires, but it's not. No, we're like the, we're like the home Depot of the first responders. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you go there to get a, some lumber and you come out with like a, a screwdriver, a light fixture and some tile to redo your bathroom. I mean, it's, it's crazy because there's so many different aspects in which we go to calls on. It's, you know, 80, probably 80% of our calls are medical. And yep. so we're going on medical calls mostly, but then you have the uh, flooding of the apartment complex. You have the, uh, my child stuck their head through the banister and don't know how to get it out. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's all sorts of things where you go to and you go, I never thought that would actually happen. Um, <laughs> and then you have to figure out in the moment how to figure that out and, and get them out because they called you because you know, it's no different than when you go to a guy in the Home Depot and you say, hey, you know, can you tell me where light fixtures are? And he says, well, I'm in the plumbing section. I don't know. We don't have the luxury of doing that. <laughs> no, we because if, the plumbing and if, someone, if someone calls, if they dial 911 and they're calling for the fire department, they need help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's all over the board. Like, you know, and you know this for the fact of that emergencies are are individual and unique to that person so some emergencies are you know from i have a hangnail to yep. uh, you know my foot is cut off and i don't really want to go to the hospital but can you can you help me put it back on you know it's, it's <laughs> there's all the spectrum and you have to be able to uh go there and respond in the same manner to both of them what's uh one of the wildest craziest stories that you remember or like calls that you remember responding to oh my god there's so many i mean every car accident where i've been uh in two stations that were close to um highways and interstates and just you know the the ability to look at a car and be able to figure out how to get somebody out when it's been crushed in that those calls are always always stick with you because you always think you you didn't do it right or you you could do it better or there's another way oh i should have done it this way um, some of the craziest calls are the ones with, um, um, how do you put this nicely? Bodily fluids, uh -huh. like, like poop calls and all those uh -huh. other ones. And you sit there and you just go, oh, and I know probably everybody that's listening. That's a first responder is like, oh yeah, yeah. Everybody has a poop call that they've oh, been on or a vomit call that, you know, and it just happens over your whole career. And. And it's a shame. I, it's a shame and sad how many people die on the toilet, right? <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah, you wouldn't think that. It's. I don't want to scare people from going to the bathroom anymore, but it's. A, it is amazing the number of people, and that's. I think you know when I think about it, you know, we talked about dynamic environment. I think it's so hard because so many people don't understand or realize that you know when you're in a hospital, it's a controlled setting for the most part, right? In our careers, in our professions, 
we're literally going into their homes, into their environments to fix something that's going wrong. That is, you know, if you think about that from a perspective of I've done it 20 years, you've done it 20 years, you know, we're like, well, yeah, that's, that's normal. But if you think about it from the first year you did it, you're like, that's not normal. That, no. that, <laughs> there's nothing normal about that. And uh, I think that's the most, that's the craziest part of it. So you've used the jaws of lives, uh, the jaws of life to cut cars before. Oh yeah, well we have we have three different tools. So we have the ram, we have the spreaders, and the cutters, and and so you have to use them, you know, all in different. It's almost like a it's a it's a beautiful dance when you have a a, a crew or a team that works really well together. It's a beautiful dance seeing the cut the doors cut off, seeing the A frame cut, the B frame cut, the the hood uh, the roof flapped. I mean it's it's unbelievable and you know it's uh they're not light they're not light at all there hasn't been any there's been some advances in it but it's like it's it's pretty much like lifting up a rock and trying to um you know cut something really nicely <laughs> it's not it's, so yeah uh, I emergency service guys they had to do it for me like just last year at a really bad car accident and um it was my first time that I can recall actually seeing it done like right in front of me. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool, but it's so like, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to be the one that takes too long to do it, you know? Cause you have, you have that, that especially being in it for so long, you have that pride in yourself and your abilities and you want to be able to teach the, the younger rookies like, Hey, this is how you do it. This is how the, the manner in which you want to do it. You want to do it in uh, expedient way but at the same time a safe way for the individual to be able to get them out but man if you get it done the right amount of time you're just like yeah yeah you go home into the station you're like that was that was real <laughs> like you you were responding to an accident i was responding to a fatal and it was like it was already done at that point you know yeah yeah exactly so exactly. they so they had they had like all the time in the world to to use the tools yeah that those are hard too. I mean, that's the you know the mental side of of the first responder community is is it's the hardest part. Literally, it's the hardest part. You know, the physical side is hard, like lifting up those tools is hard. But like you're saying, you go into a fatal. It's like you know, seeing that is we're still humans. At the end of the day, we're still humans too. And although we may seem superhuman at at times. Um, we're still like, you know, we still got to change back in and become Clark Kent um, and and go back, you know, and, and report journalism and have dinner with the family and everything like that. And that's, that's, that's for me, that's always been the hardest part. So I know uh, just from watching your YouTube videos that you do some crazy runs. Do you still, <laughs> do you still run? How, how are the knees holding up? Oh, I just had knee surgery not uh, not too long ago, oh, about a year ago. Yeah, shoulder surgery, knee surgery. It's a uh, it's one of those things. Um, you know, I, I I'm I'm still looking forward to doing more events. I think COVID and everything kind of just defeated everything that I was wanting to do. Um, you know, we're busy as complete completely busy, and and just coming out of that, it was kind of restructuring the mind frame and going, okay, what can I do now? So I've got some ideas, um, possibly 2023, I've got some good fun ideas that, that may come out and everybody will be like, yep, there's a crazy guy again. <laughs> How long have you been running in full gear? 
Um, since actually 2000, 2011 was the first year I actually did it. And that was like the 10th anniversary of uh, September 11th landing on Ironman, Wisconsin. And so to, to really commemorate that and to honor those who had passed, I, I wanted to do something that through my actions, not through having to talk to people that I could do. And the best idea I came up, we're not the smartest people in the branch. Um, I, I came up with, Hey, let's put 50 pounds of fire gear on and run the marathon portion of an Ironman triathlon that I did a, a 2.4 mile swim and then a 112 mile bike. And now I'm putting on the 50 pounds of gear and doing a marathon. Oh yeah. So God. I've been doing it since then. I've done 23 full Ironmans, um, 28 half Ironmans and numerous marathons, half marathons, five Ks. 10Ks That's kind of unbelievable. Thing. So the furthest I've ever run was uh, 25 years ago. It was six miles. That was it. That's a the long furthest, way. The See, furthest, I, I'm sorry. I was saying that's the furthest I've ever run in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know, and, and to be clear, I don't always run. <laughs> I okay. only run if I have to. Okay. Um, for the most part, I'll, I'll, I walk at about a yeah, 15 minute mile pace. Um, and that full, but there's been times that I've had to run to be able to catch up with time because you only have a certain amount of time to finish these, uh, the races in. Man, that's, that's crazy. Um, how hot were were you like, you had to be like soaked with heat. Some of these are in the summer, right? Oh, there was, it's kind of one of those common themes when I tell stories about the races it's like it was hot and everybody's always like yeah it was always hot wasn't it yeah i was like yeah i never had like one of those races where i was like oh this is the temperature is just beautiful out and also underneath the fire gear i have to wear like um leggings Layers. and then yeah uh-huh. I, so i don't chafe I, I learned that the hard way in the first one um <laughs> And, and that keeps in the heat too and so i'm sitting here just sweating profusely and it it was a mind mentally i had to persevere like physically your body's not meant to do all those and mentally it was just i figured out a way and just said okay this is what i gotta do oh man i can't i cannot imagine doing a half marathon a full marathon i cannot i just can't imagine <laughs> like i i know I know my limitations and I know that I'm built for speed, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm built for, I don't know what, um, (laughs) it's something, it's not speed though. (laughs) And I saw, I saw some of your talks on YouTube as well. You had, um, some really, really good talks. What do you primarily talk about? So I, you know, I, I really kind of sat back and reflected on my life and said, okay, well, why am I still here? What, what am I doing right in my life? Or how did I get to this point? And a while ago, I came up with the seven catalysts where if you find it's purpose, ownership, decisions, emotional control, resilience, faith over fear, and mental strength. And how those kind of correlate together is once you find your purpose or passion, you can actually start to take ownership of your life, of your decisions. And your decisions are tactical, which is like in the moment decisions. And then you have strategic decisions with like those overarching. So when I went for doing these races, I couldn't look at it as I'm going 140.6 miles. I had to go, I'm going to do one mile and then I'm going to see how I feel. So it's kind of the tactical versus strategic. After that, it's having the emotional control not to have something derail you from what you're doing. And all of us are put in those into those circumstances all the time. 
and the more that you start to control your emotions, the more that you start to make your own decisions, you start to build that resilience that most people don't ever get to. And that resilience builds that faith in yourself over the fears that surround us constantly every single day, inevitably building what mental strength is. And that's mental strength is, is you being able to challenge daily your potential and your opportunity. What's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned from uh, either the job or, or from just, you know, giving talks? You know, one of the biggest things I would say your strength is in your passion and it sounds fluffy. You know, everybody's always, oh, that's so fluffy, Rob. That's great. That's, you know, where's the stuffed animal that you're going to be holding while you say it? But it's so true in the fact that, you know, you talk about people who are going through mental health issues. You talk about people who are just struggling to find where they're going or somebody who's going to challenge something that nobody else has done before. Inevitably, they're doing it because they have purpose or passion that they're leading, that are, is leading them to that. Because why would you go through pain or agony or challenges if there's no reason to? You know, that's, that doesn't make any sense. And so if you, if you truly understand what your purpose and passion is, you're going to be able to push beyond, um, the normal limits. Like, you know, like you had told me that you're, you're in the 30 year old range for your, your PT test. You know, it's like, yeah. if you didn't have pride in what you're doing, like there's no way. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to show you my belly. <laughs> I carry around a tank. Um, <laughs> But it, it's one of those things. If you have purpose and passion in what you're doing, you're going to be able to do it farther than anybody else thought you could or maybe even farther than you thought you could. Well, my um, my mom, she died of Alzheimer's dementia. So, like, I know the the health connection and, like, how you eat and just taking care of your – like, the, the brain, it needs a lot of blood. So, like, you just have to do something physical every day. And I just know that – um, when elderly people, you know this too, when they stop moving that, or when they take a fall and they stop moving, that's when their, that's when their health declines the most, you know? So I just know that to stay young, you just got to keep moving, you know, you just got to keep moving. Oh, by far, by far. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you see it so often in our, in our career fields. It's once, as soon as you stop moving, as soon as you stop trying to do something, it's not good. So I was under the mistaken impression that firemen had easy lives and didn't suffer from PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know what book you're yeah. reading. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like they, have, they just sit in the firehouse and with their feet up all the time, just chilling, eating food, eating good food. Never. I think I told you I did see a frozen cat on a fence, though, and it was the it was the saddest it was the saddest thing. It was like it was going and it was frozen on the fence. It was like one of those ten ten degree days. It must have gotten stuck somehow, and it was like it was like oh my god, I, like why 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 are you showing me this? <laughs> Yeah, I love animals. Don't show me this. I don't want to see this. Like, it's one of those things you can't unsee, you know? <laughs> um, do you have any advice for people that want to avoid burning out? Like, All right, so before we got rudely interrupted by the uh, internet goblins, 
<laughs> I was asking you if you have any quite uh, not any questions, <laughs> any, any advice to uh, for people to avoid burning out. Yeah. So, I mean, the, one of the hardest things with burnout is understanding that, you know, we're all going to get to that point in our career. We're all going to get to that point where um, things be seem like it's too much. But inevitably, it comes back to that idea of your purpose. Like, why are you there? What is keeping you there? What is what is getting you up at 2.30 in the morning to be able to go help the same individual that you've helped three times uh, that day? That's what it has to come back to. If you can't answer that question, you know, and have that outcome be, I want to be here because I love the job or I like the job or, you know, I'm good at this and, and this is something that's needed. It's something to evaluate. You know, I know there's like those called those golden handcuffs, you know, of the retirement. Yes. You got to reach a yes. certain age. But at some point, you have to figure out why am I here? And burnout's going to happen. And it's up to people to kind of take that reflection and look at what they've done, look at why they're there and look at their family and say, am I willing to sacrifice who I am, the respect that I get for what I do and do it mediocre? And that's really a personal question that people have to answer. What are you passionate about right now? You know, I'm passionate about not, um, not leaving behind all the things that I've learned. Not just saying, I'm done, see ya, good luck. It's a, a whole career of things that I've learned that I want to be able to pass on to the next generation of, of firefighters, to the next generation of medics. All these things that can only help to make the career feel better, to, can only help to make individuals um, be able to live healthy lives. I mean, I think you and I came up in those in the police and fire service in one of the largest swinging periods of of this this career field from from when nobody would talk to you when we were when we were young in the career and nobody wanted to help you with anything it was kind of like hey good luck um, make sure you know what you're doing to now it's like we're trying to make sure that we're continuing to advance the system you know they say uh, what was the fire department is like a hundred you know 250 years of uh what is it? I can't. I, uh, 250 years of culture unimpeded by progress. Unimpeded um, by progress. <laughs> <laughs> something to that effect. And I was like, oh, that's, it's true. But it's also one of those things where, you know, for me, um, am I as good as I used to be? No. But at the same point, I understand why I go into work each day and it, it gets harder and harder. But at the same point, I understand why I'm there and I continue to try to be the best person to be there that I can be. So if I could make some phone calls for you right now to Netflix executives and you could have your own show, what would your show be about? You know, this is funny because I have thought about this. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, think big, man. I know. I know. I think one of the biggest things that I um, – so my life has not been linear at all. And so one of the thoughts that I always had was it's darkness lit by a fire. And so it's darkness in your mind all around you. And it's lit by that passion or the purpose that drives you continually every day. And sometimes it's very hard to see. Sometimes it doesn't warm you at all. But realistically, when you can look back at people's lives and see how they continued through that dark path 
or th- compl- through that complete darkness in their life to continue towards that 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 fire um, that may be deep down inside of them. Uh, that to me it would be something that would be so valuable to other people to understand. I love that analogy of the fire. That's like it's brilliant, you know. And walking down the dark path because like it's so. I, I can see it in my in my mind's eye so clearly. Um, last couple questions. If you had uh, endless amounts of money, so Jeff Bezos money, <laughs> and assuming that your family's taken care of, what would you uh, what would you spend it on? You know, one of the biggest things for me, and I have a foundation where we deliver teddy bears uh, throughout the globe um, to children in children's hospitals, and we have an acronym that says uh, it's smile simple moments impact lives every day do you do it in uniform no i actually we the coolest part is is that i've done it in uniform but we have the people who donate they deliver the bears so like every okay. single dollar that they donate goes to getting bears and it's 10 dollars for a bear to have it shipped and everything like that and so it's cool to have people see that what they're giving they're getting back yeah. and for me if i had unlimited amount of money there'd be not a single kid in a single hospital that wouldn't have a bear in his hands or her hands because it's something simple like that that they just hold on to and they it's comforting and a lot of kids that are going through cancer treatments through you know a broken arm or a broken leg or anything that they're going through they don't understand the concept they're not able to rationalize in their head but they if they have something there that is constantly that's theirs that they know that's comforting it's a huge it's a huge boost to their immune system i know a 10 year old little boy shout out to william uh he's not 10 anymore i think he's having a birthday soon he's gonna be 11 but he has uh spent some time in the hospital as 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 a little as a little one and uh he had a bear i think the bear's name is called boo boo bear (laughs) like for for actual for like boo boos you know yeah boo boos yeah yeah for boo boos so uh so I know all about the power of like what that, the comfort that that can bring to a child. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing and it's it's so simple. Uh, you know, we try to change the world by doing huge drastic things, but it's like realistically, it can come down to something as simple as a, as a little teddy bear. What does that smile acronym stand for again? Simple moments impact lives every day. I love that. That's really cool. I'm going to remember that. Now, how do people find that foundation? So they can go to, it's a firemanrobfoundation.com. Um, they can also go to firemanrob.com. There's a link on it as well. Okay, cool. And um, do you have any projects coming up? Like, what are you working on now? You know, I'm working on a fun project that's, um, it's actually the Forged in the Fire's uh, Resilient Mindset Academy. And so it's actually going to be coming out probably in the fall. Um, with a redo of the book as well, but it's going to have um, pretty much a whole year's worth. So you'll get a whole year's worth of, of just content to go through, personal development. It'll be an online platform. Um, you'll be able to take um, assessments. You'll be able to take all sorts of different things. Uh, there's courses, uh, modules, and it's, it's really about helping individuals to be able to pick and choose their path of, of personal development and for me, it's always been about making it affordable for individuals uh, of, you know, any means. And so it's it's going to be something that uh, it's a passion project. I always talk about that. Um, but it's something that I, that I didn't want to leave behind without having it uh, kind of put out there. 
Make sure that you build in an affiliate link so that I can promote the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you better believe it. it'll be right in your. It's gonna be in your email box uh, as soon as it's done. <laughs> All right, I want I want an affiliate link so that I can say, "Hey, tell them that the you know Super Dave sent you." And, I love it. Uh, so that you know that the referral came from me, I and love plus it. I want I, I I want my ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's in. It's in. It's already. I'm cool. writing that down right now. Yeah. Don't forget the affiliate link affiliate to Super Dave link for Dave. My last five questions for you. What's your definition of a hero? Somebody who does something and doesn't ask for anything in return. And when stress is at its highest and you're starting to feel kind of run down, how do you save yourself? How do you show yourself love? That's a tough one. <laughs> um, it's a tough one for a lot of first responders. Yeah. For, for me, it's the gym. <laughs> yeah. That's my savior. I, That's my savior all the time. You know, you know, and it's sad to admit this, but like I have not perfected that one. I have not perfected that one. And I think it's one of those things where – um, I'm constantly trying to find something. My, my therapist, uh, said, said it perfectly. Um, I've went through tons of them. Um, but he said, he I said, only had no. one. I had, I had one. He was really good. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I went through him like it was a pack of gum. Um, he said, he said, you know, Rob, the, the hard part with you is what you do is you have a hole in front of you and what you're doing is you're filling it with the dirt from behind you. And as soon as it's full and you take a step back, you fall into another hole. Mm. And it was an interesting analogy for me because I was like, huh, I, I didn't really realize that there was, I never had a, I, I never had a constant that was able to get me out of those ruts. And so it's, you know, it's a, it's a battle that you have every single day. It's not a, you don't get a day off of it. It's not like, like such a, that's such a <laughs> such a real such a real answer, but my only advice is join your local gym and just make yes. it a routine. Even if it's a thirty minute, even if it's a thirty minute routine, like some days you could just walk in. Like if you're having a bad day, if they have a heavy bag, you just go knee it. You know, just oh, elbow yeah. it. Bam, bam, I, like bam. I, I got one of those in my basement. I, I totally got one of those. So I was like, it's a yeah. different energy. There's a different energy when you're around people, though, because like. When when you're pissed off and there's other people around, you hit it even harder. <laughs> you know, like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> there's a different energy in the gym. Yes, there is. There is. And then all the people run away from you. <laughs> yeah, but but you feel better, and that's the whole purpose. Yeah. That's yes. the whole purpose. So that's what I recommend to every single person I talk to. Just join your local gym. And try to make it a daily habit. And even the days that you don't feel like it, you will feel better. And it will become like, it's just a such a healthy outlet, you know? Like, there's so oh, many benefits, mental mental health benefits to it. Oh, by far. By far. I, I completely agree. Um, what is your coaching program about currently? So, what, what not, right now, um, what I do is I coach people on resilient mindset. So... Mm. Uh, the, the biggest thing for individuals, it's, it's performance-based. So the biggest thing for uh, people to understand when I help them to coach, it's not just on one thing. I'm not getting them to do just one thing. 
I'm getting them to build themselves into a resilient individual and have the resilient mindset that is only unique to them. Like I can't give them mine and right. nor would anybody want to be in my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a scary place. Um, but it, it's helping individuals to see their, their potential, their opportunities, but at the same time, help them to understand how resilient they have been and how they can translate that into what they can be. Last two, what is your best ability? What's your power? I think my best ability is to... Um, Laugh at yourself. I'll tell I, you what I your best ability is. is. I think it is. It's one of those. It's, uh, I, I mean, I want to say humility, but there's sometimes that I don't have humility. But I think that's one of my best abilities is to be able to look at my life and look at things that I've done that are dumb or or brilliant and, and be able to laugh at myself because at the end of the day, if somebody can see you as accomplished, but at the same time, see you as human, it's going to help them to see what they can do in the future and not worry about the failures or worry about somebody saying, Hey, you know, how did, you know, my coach always said, you look like that bear in the circus on the bike. And when you do triathlons, I was like, makes sense. <laughs> What's that? I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank on that word when you're self. Uh, what's it called when you make fun of yourself? Self. Self-loathing. Self. Uh, no, not loathing. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. Uh, what is it called? Uh, I'm drawing a blank too. Oh my god. Um. Somebody, somebody, write to me and tell me what that word is. Yeah, yeah. We're when you when you make fun of yourself. I, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I can't. Even think of it. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say you're good at that, and <laughs> and I wish I wish I had more of that ability because I like I I feel like I take myself too seriously because uh, I'm short. I'm I'm short guy. I don't know if you could tell from this chair, but I'm a short guy, so <laughs> I have a chip on my shoulder. I wear a smile all the time, but yeah. I wear a chip too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that Napoleon complex. Yeah. Like, don't look down on me. Yeah. <laughs> taller than yours. <laughs> yeah. My last my last question for you. Just for fun, if you had a comic superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, superpower. This would be great. Yeah, you could you could have any superpower in the world. <sighs> the ability to eat anything I want and not gain a pound. Is that really? a superpower? Really? No, you can have a superpower that, that can Come help on, people. I love donuts and like cinnamon buns and all this stuff. It's like No, you, know, you wouldn't want to like blast water out of your hands and like just like no, walk by a fire. I, like, I'm a fireman. I have I have a hose, you know. <laughs> yeah, but what if you didn't need a hose like the avatar? You just like Yeah. I don't know. I'd feel like I'd like spray somebody with water out of my hand, like when I didn't need to. Like you, you, you know, be like, "Hey, honey, oh god." <laughs> when you're first getting used to it, see that would, that would be a really cool movie. Like learning your powers to control them, you know. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. It like, would. I think. A I think. Power superhero academy. There you go. <laughs> you gave me a script idea. There you go. If somebody, if someone wants to write it. Give Fireman Rob some of his credit. Make sure you put him in the credits. Make sure, yeah. Make sure you put a big old fireman in there that's <laughs> shooting water out of his hands. Maybe out of yes. my eyes. That'd be good. Like you, you know, you start crying and like you put out the fire. 
Why would he cry though? I don't know because he's an he's an emotional, an emotional fireman. He gets there and he's just like, oh, not another oh, one, and it's out. And then he then he's done and he just gets happy. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had lots of fun, man. This has been an awesome, awesome interview. Um, so if people want to find you, they should go to firemanrob.com. That's correct. Yeah, everything is there. They can find the podcast. They can find books and all sorts of stuff. And if they send a message, it goes right to me. Um, I don't have an assistant. My assistant is me, but it's a different personality. It's so simple. <laughs> it's it's so simple. Firemanrob.com. I love it. And I will be on there sending you a message like you don't know me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Get an affiliate code, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love it. Well, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. I appreciate and I respect your time. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.